0: Hello, I'm Alex Dean and you're listening to a special emergency edition of the Prospect Podcast. The Court of Session in Edinburgh ruled on Wednesday that Boris Johnson acted unlawfully in suspending Parliament, raising profound questions about the government's behaviour, the Brexit crisis and the integrity of our constitution. We've invited the man behind the case, Barrister, Director of the Good Law Project and prominent Remainer Jolyon Morm to talk about where we go from here. Jolyon, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure listeners will have seen in the headlines the ruling from Edinburgh, uh, which as well as judging that Johnson did not have the right to prorogue Parliament in the way that he did, I gather suggested he misled the Queen in some way.
1: Um, That's right. Uh, I mean, there's this um, funny game going on um, in the courts uh, where um, every um, woman and man in the street Um, the dogs in their kennels, the parrots in their cages, all know that the suspension of Parliament has got nothing at all to do with the need for a new Queen's speech and is designed to put um, Parliament out of the way at what Boris Johnson hoped would be a convenient moment for him. Um, uh, We all know that that is not true uh, and what the court in Edinburgh has found is that Um, the explanation, an explanation that many of us, including me, um, believe was um, manufactured, was window dressing, um, given um, by the government to um, Boris Johnson and and his reply, uh, do not represent um, the real reason uh, for Parliament being suspended.
0: And, I mean, the real reason, in your view, is uh, to shut down scrutiny of what the government's doing. So it speaks to this fundamental um issue at the moment of the role of parliament as we approach the 31st of october that's right um i mean that is the
1: the sort of existential question if you're a a democrat because um here you have a man elected by um 160 odd thousand um, members of the conservative party um overwhelmingly white or male rich um elderly um Putting aside as an inconvenience uh, a parliament elected by um, 35 million of us—is that the size of the electorate? Um, and uh, that doesn't feel terribly democratic to me. Uh, and the government's proposition here is really, really stark. What the government say is, it doesn't matter whether you believe Boris Johnson about his motive. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, whether the suspension is for 34 days or for 34 weeks or for 34 months. Um, it doesn't matter that Parliament does not get to choose whether or not it's suspended. The only thing that matters um, is that this is non-justiciable. In other words, it is not something that the court can get involved with. It is fundamentally an act that is political in character. And if you think about the proposition um, expressed as starkly as that, and that is the necessary logical consequence of the government's argument, you understand very well what is at stake. Um, If the government are right, uh, it would follow that on the 1st of November, um, Boris Johnson could again suspend Parliament um, until 2022, Uh, And Parliament could not control that, and the courts could not control that, and you have to ask yourself the question, um, as a voter, how does that feel? Does that feel like democracy? Does that feel like um, uh, elected parliamentary democracy? Um, Does that feel like the thing that we thought we were taking back control for? where does that leave um, the sort of cornerstone of the British Constitution, um, which is the supremacy and sovereignty of Parliament?
0: And so, uh, as I gather, there's been different rulings from different courts. So the, uh, the Court of Session in Edinburgh ruled one way, but English courts and courts in Belfast have ruled another way. Um, and, uh, can you just explain what these different cases are, and are they all assessing the same thing?
1: Um I haven't yet read uh, the decision of the court in Northern Ireland, Um, but my understanding is that it, um, at least in relation to this question, follows um, the reasoning of the divisional court. Um, And there is no real difference in approach between uh, the... Divisional Court and, if my understanding is right, the High Court of Northern Ireland on the one hand, and the Inner House of the Court of Session on the other hand, um, both um, understand the principle at stake to be this question of whether the courts can get involved, or as lawyers put it, um, this question of justiciability. Um, And uh, fundamentally, um, they have just taken um, different views as to what um, the answer is uh, to that question.
0: So the ultimate arbiter here is going to be the Supreme Court. And can you just talk a bit about whether you're confident there um, and when we find out? Um, I mean, one of the reasons why um, I uh,
1: rush in where um, constitutional lawyers, um, more knowledgeable, uh, more experienced, um, better educated, um, better versed in historical precedent, um, uh, more academic, uh step in um, is because I see this very clearly. I mean, I've just explained um, uh, the principle as I understand it. Um, I've explained why um, I think it removes um, the ground zero, the cornerstone, the foundation stone, whatever you want to call it, of um, the constitution as we understand it in the United Kingdom. And I cannot contemplate, I genuinely cannot contemplate that we are wrong. Um, it follows from that, um, first of all, um, that I expect that we will win in the Supreme Court. Um, but it also follows from that, that um, uh, viewers, uh, listeners, I should say, need to understand um, the basis upon which I um, hold um, those expectations of the Supreme Court. Um, I do see it in very simple terms when all said and done.
0: And can we just interrogate this idea of um, the role of the courts in politics? Um, because for you, this isn't a question of uh, something that should be legitimately confined to the political sphere. It's something where courts absolutely have a right, indeed a duty, to make their presence felt. Because it's, it taps into the law in some way. It's not just uh, for the business of Parliament. So there are a number of um, interesting facets to that question.
1: Um, One of them is uh, the role of uh, the courts in holding a balance between um, the considerable powers um, of a a rather hungry executive um, and the supremacy, if the government is right, the notional supremacy uh, of Parliament. But there's a bigger question than that, actually, and it was one that I was writing about back in June. Um, Back in June I was saying, um, judges can see the storm coming and they are thinking to themselves um, in their horsehair armchairs, um, what is it my role to do? Um, Can I sit back um, and technocratically apply um, principles accretively built up in um, less turbulent political moments? Um, Or is there something at stake here, sufficiently profound, sufficiently um, central to the life of um, the United Kingdom, that I have to reach beyond um, technocratic precedent um, and reach for the principles that underpin parliamentary democracy in the United Kingdom and I said back in June that I thought that they would be more activist um, than the Commentary Act, um then credited them with. Um, that decision was, or that call at least, was um, vindicated um yesterday in the inner house of the court of session and next week we will
0: find out whether that call was vindicated permanently or temporarily uh, so before we get to the supreme court um does anything change uh, i mean if the government's broken the law then does something need to give does parliament going to start sitting again or, or is that not the right way to see it and in practice we are going to have to wait until next week
1: well there's a rather fun um moment uh, later today because um at the Bingham Centre for the Rule of Law, um, the Speaker, John Burko is giving a, a talk on the role of um, Parliament amidst um, you know, the Brexit constitutional crisis. Um, and as it happens, um, I have a ticket. Um, and so I'm planning to ask him uh, why it is that he says that it is for the government to recall Parliament. Because um, either we are right and... Uh, There is no need to recall Parliament because the decision to prorogue it was annulled and so there is nothing to recall it from. Or the government is right and the decision of the inner house of the court of session has no um, legal effect for the moment pending the decision of the Supreme Court uh, such that the prorogation um continues like the decision of the inner house of the court of session never happened but in either um view of the world uh there is no decision for the government to make and so i'm pretty perplexed as to why it was um that uh he rather hurriedly or at least his deputy rather hurriedly um issued the statement yesterday saying that this was a matter for the government uh, to decide whether to recall parliament
0: do you think there's a case to be made that um it never should have gotten to this point. And actually, Parliament should have asserted itself far sooner. We never should have been in a position where, just weeks before crashing out, uh, we still didn't know where we were were heading. Shouldn't MPs have uh, taken the initiative long ago?
1: Well, look, I mean, it's fun for me, but um, in a healthy, functioning body politic, um, lawyers don't get invited onto podcasts. Um, uh, The fact that people are interested, um, indeed fiercely engaged by um, the activities of um, campaigning lawyers, um, the judgments of the courts on um, matters as um, boring fundamentally as um, justiciability, um, is a sign of um, a really profound sickness in the functioning of our constitution. The government uh, should not, no responsible government would push the constitution in the way in which Um, uh, Theresa May did uh, and since then um, uh, Dominic Cummings um, uh, uh, as organ grinder for Boris Johnson have
0: And I guess in the background to all of this is the risk of no deal Um, it's always ever present and time is very much uh, ticking down all all these these cases take time I know that some of them have been as I understand it rushed through but uh, clearly we're approaching a very dangerous situation we saw just how dangerous with the Operation Yellowhammer leak um, and medicine shortages, you know, build-up at ports. It feels like we're teetering on the edge of something quite uh, disastrous.
1: I mean, I I have this discussion with um, those of my friends who are on the other side of the Brexit debate, and they're always um, a bit disarmed when I say to them, look, I've got no idea um, what's going to happen if we leave without a deal. Um, And um, frankly, nor do you. Um, all we can do is listen to those um, who do know. Um, I, of course, um, as I imagine uh, many of us do, have friends inside the civil service. Um, And I know from how um, terrified they are um, that they think it's going to be um, bad. Uh, But, you know, um, people's appetite... Um, for risk, for economic risk, for personal risk, really as a function of how strongly um, they desire this outcome. So I remember saying before the Scottish independence referendum um, that if the only thing uh, that held um, people back from voting for an independent Scotland was the notion that they might have a few pounds less in their pocket. Um, That didn't seem to me to be a good enough reason. Now, um, I feel um, I'm not really committed to one or other side of that argument. Um, There are lots of other reasons why um, one might want um, Scotland to stay um, in the union, and obviously lots of reasons the other way as well. Um, I suppose what I'm saying is that... um, Um, I try to understand uh, the point of view of those who um, don't see the economic consequences of no deal um, as the the, the driving force.
0: And for them, the driving force is the 52% who they think voted for a hard Brexit?
1: Well, um, I don't think it's sensible. I don't think one can sensibly talk about um, levers as a a homogenous group. there are lots and lots of people who have lots and lots of different motivations some um seeker as they would describe it a much more um, liberalized economy uh,
0: singapore on thames <laughs> as others might describe it i suppose
1: singapore. singapore on the thames um there will be um a group who see um, enormous profits to be made in the um, market turbulence that i think we can safely assume um, will result from no deal and has already resulted from um, the vote in 2016 and and, and, and the aftermath, um, there will be a group um, who do feel uh, as though the agency um, that they have over their own lives is meaningfully diminished by our membership of the European Union. Um, and no doubt there are lots and lots of other motivations as well so i i i I kind of resist the grand theory the, the sort of the unifying theory if you like of 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 leave
0: if we do leave with no deal um there's been a lot of discussion about potential economic crises um and you know whatever you you think about that do you think we're now approaching a constitutional crisis um the only um word that
1: i would disagree with in that question is the word approaching. Right. <laughs> um uh I mean I'm really pretty um pessimistic uh about um the functioning of the United Kingdom at the level of governance, which as a sort of boring grey haired lawyer is fundamentally what I care about. Um I'm more pessimistic about the United Kingdom than I am about the United States because I see it uh, as being very, very difficult um, to see where um, we go from here. Um, We have a um, populist um, on the right, um, somebody who seems to want to turn our um, democracy into a sort of um, uh, turkey on the Thames. Um, And we have a populist on the left um, who's... Uh, manifesto, um, although um, nodding in the direction of a whole um, slew of policies that I would um, vigorously support, is also not prepared to be up front with us um, uh, about his desire for us to leave the European Union. And um, one of the things about the European Union um, in the United Kingdom is that it it represents the only meaningful control on executive power. So um, there is no higher law in the UK um, against which um, we can hold and judge the actions of Parliament. Um, we don't have a, a constitution, a written constitution, that can be used to um, strike down um, uh, legislative um, excesses Um, the only exception to that is European Union law and 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 it may very well be indeed I suspect that it is a desire to escape from the safeguards that the European Union um, represents safeguards against um, the erosion of values that um, the Labour Party under Jeremy Corbyn wants to erode that lies behind um, his desire that we um, Brexit.
0: I mean, um, we are in uncharted constitutional territory when the Prime Minister is talking about breaking the law. And I gather that that's, uh, you know, that's to do with an extension. um, And the Ben Act in Parliament would compel the Prime Minister to seek an extension. He said that he's not going to, clearly something he's got to give. And that actually this is the subject of another court case that you're bringing.
1: So um, today um, we have... Uh, issued proceedings against the Prime Minister personally in um, the highest court in Scotland, uh, and those proceedings are for an order requiring him to send the letter um, mandated by the Ben Act, requiring him on um, pain of um, contempt proceedings, uh, proceedings that um, certainly in the, in England can lead to you going to prison, um, and also asking uh, the court in Scotland to exercise uh, a remedy, the noble officium, uh, which um, would enable the court to sign as the Prime Minister the letter asking the EU for an extension that the um, so-called Ben Act mandates that the Prime Minister send, but which his public statements indicate he will not send. Yes.
0: And the European Union would be obliged for its part to treat that as being as good as the signature of the Prime Minister himself? Um, As a matter
1: of law, the
0: answer to that question is
1: yes. Um, But of course, um, the EU does not have any legal obligation to say, in respect of our request for an extension, yes. Um, And so if you are um, the recipient as the um, heads of the 27 member states are um, of that letter, in considering how you respond to it, you of course have regard to um, what it is that you're letting yourself in for. You have regard to the fact that you have a prime minister in this world that we're contemplating intent on breaking the rule of law. You have regard to the fact um, that the politics in the United Kingdom is extremely turbulent. Um, we are worse than um, Hungary. We're worse than Poland. Um, my description of um, uh, Dominic Cummings as wanting to turn um, our democracy into a Turkey on the Thames was um, uh, a, a description of what I think our democracy currently looks like. It does look like, or um, certainly heading towards the, the autocratic um, executive of Turkey, and. Uh, you know, it's going to have regard to the fact that the Prime Minister has been um, compelled um, to send the letter in deciding whether or not to accept.
0: Could one argue, though, um, just to play devil's advocate, that actually checks and balances are working something like they're meant to, um, which is that, you know, the, uh, the Prime Minister did something arguably unlawful but he prorogued parliament and lied about the intention you know at least that's the accusation um and the courts have gotten involved and one of those courts has found that he did so unlawfully and now it's going to the supreme court so actually different branches of the state are kind of um you know even if it's a extremely rocky road (laughs) they're kind of working as designed
1: yeah i mean I i can see that at a Um, formalistic level, at a formalistic level that's uh, an accurate description um, of how um, the constitution is functioning, but below that formal level um, an immense amount of damage is being done, um, damage that will be very, very difficult to reverse damage being done to trust in the rule of law um, damage being um, done to uh, uh, the relationship between parliament and the people Um, a whole um, variety of profoundly important institutions in the United Kingdom are are are, are dying on their feet.
0: Joanne Mum, thank you very much.